Welcome to the Center for Grassland Studies podcast series. I'm your host, Margo McKendry, Program Coordinator for the Center. In today's episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. John Walker, Professor and Range Specialist at Texas A&M AgriLife Research and Extension Center in San Angelo, Texas. Our topic is grazing management. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Walker. You're welcome. Now, you're recognized as having considerable experience and expertise in managing grazing lands as well as livestock on those lands. Could you give us a brief overview of your career in grazing management, please? Sure. I got my master's at Colorado State, and my master's research was complementary grazing or integrated crop livestock systems, which I did that research in eastern Colorado between uh, Akron and Sterling City uh, at the Eastern Colorado Research Center. The purpose of that research was primarily to uh, look at methods of producing forage-fed beef. From there, I went to Texas and worked on uh, short-duration grazing at that time. That was in about 1980. You know, the savory grazing method was really being pushed and also controversial. So I managed about a 1,200-acre, 16-paddock grazing cell as a research associate and did my Ph.D. research. After I got my Ph.D. at Texas A&M, I went to the U.S. Sheep Experiment Station in eastern Idaho and worked there for 10 years on uh, multi-species grazing and targeted grazing, the use of livestock to uh, control weeds and manipulate vegetation. From there, I went uh, to my current position, which I've been in for uh, the last 22 years in San Angelo, and we manage, uh, at the time, managed four different ranches, comprised about 20,000 acres, not specifically on grazing management research, but just having to manage uh, the rangelands, the animals, to meet the research needs. And so got a lot of very practical experience just in ranch management, grazing management with that. The last uh, couple years, I've had a project where we've been using patch burn grazing and goats as a method to help manage woody plant invasion. And that research we're doing cooperatively with uh, Oklahoma State and University of Nebraska. How's that goat research coming then? Uh, It's going well. I mean, we know with the juniper species uh, that we can affect encroachment. Now, Once you have a juniper woodland, goats per se are not going to clean that up. But in combination with fire, they are an effective tool. Good. Thank you very much. Now, could you give us your definition of grazing management and what you feel the principal components are of grazing management? Sure. So to me, there's three things we really manage when we manage grazing. First is the distribution of the animals, which really is the rotational grazing. The second is the stocking rate, and the third is the kind and class of livestock. So all of those are important, uh, and stocking rate really is the most important one of those of those three. If you don't get that right, the other two don't matter that much. How many people do you feel as producers, ranchers, get that stocking rate correct, if you were to guess? But yeah, sure, maybe half. You know, I drive around and see... You know, you can tell by the just looking at the uh, standing crop forage that's out there in many cases, not always, uh, whether you feel like an area is properly grazed or is overgrazed. 
Interestingly, uh, a study that was recently done uh, out of University of Nebraska looked at the number of livestock and the potential forage production and said, well, we're fully stocked. And I would argue that because what they used was kind of the maximum potential forage production, which most rangelands don't have, that at least some places are overstocked, you know, without actually having been on the ground there. Now, we commonly hear of simple rotational systems and then intensively managed grazing systems. What are the primary differences between these two approaches? So the the intensive ones, like the mob grazing, I know there's a, a lot of interest in that. And the big difference is what the stock density is. So with the mob grazing, it's extremely high stock density, as well as very frequent moves, sometimes more than once a day. And it's just, it is just very management intensive. And, you know, we went through a period, I guess, where we put a lot of emphasis on naming different grazing systems, whether it was high intensity, low frequency, deferred rotation, rest rotation. I mean, we've had all sorts of names and people have come up with systems to name the different ones. But in practice, each ranch, each operation is going to come up with a system, if they're rotationally grazing, that works for them with the pastures they have, with the time they have to put into it, and these sort of things. Uh, the other interesting thing is another study was done recently uh, where they surveyed ranchers in North Dakota, South Dakota, and North Texas. These were all ranches with 100 head of uh, livestock or more, and only 60% of them practiced rotational grazing. If you look at the USDA uh, Ag Census, the percentage of respondents to that survey show that only about 30% of the people that responded are rotational grazing. So even though rotational grazing is promoted by certainly uh, extension people, NRCS, and other land management groups, uh, it's not as highly uh, adopted as you might expect. That's interesting to hear. We had another speaker who was commenting that, you know, it really is about utilizing what's going to work for each individual producer on their operation, which is kind of what you mentioned just a moment ago. No, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, we have to manage so many things besides just the grazing. There's the livestock to manage. Most places have problems with either encroaching woody vegetation or weeds that have to be managed. There's the finances, there's labor, there's just so many things that have to be considered. And the grazing management is just one of them. Okay. Now, you've stated that grazing managers, whether on private or public lands, are somewhat frustrated with science because it's not documented the advantages of intensive grazing management. Why do you feel there's a discord between what practitioners are seeing and what grazing researchers report? The limitations to a lot of the research has been, one, typically they've been done on fairly small acreages. So one of the advantages of rotational grazing, particularly in production scale grazing systems, If you go from a large pasture where distribution of the animals is a problem and make smaller pastures where you get better distribution, better use of the forages, but you don't get that 
if you if all the pastures are small okay if you if you're continuously grazed pastures let's say or 100 acres there's not going to be a distribution problem so that's you know that's one limitation to much of the research that's been done the uh, the length of time that it's been done has also is also a limitation to me one of the big advantages of rotational grazing is that done properly over time you will increase the rangeland health and you will re- increase forage production and it's that increased forage production that then leads to higher stocking rates sustainable higher stocking rates and advantages to it and then the third one is just the management you know now we uh, people re- like to refer to uh, adaptive multipathic grazing emphasizing the fact that that the rotations are not on a set calendar but need to take into account the productivity of each one of the paddocks, the current weather, rainfall, and and move the animals uh, in an adaptive manner to different pastures and, yeah, not just a set system. So those three things, the adaptiveness of the systems, the size of the systems, and the duration, I think, are the three main things that are why oftentimes, well, not often, almost all the time, our research hasn't uh, supported what practitioners have seen. Okay, thank you. In your view, has the focus on grazing systems taken away from how important other grazing management factors are in affecting the achievement of sustainable ranch management goals? And if so, can you give us some examples? You know, so I was looking at the literature on this, and it's it's really kind of interesting to me. There was in the 80s and uh, early 90s, Uh, There was a peak in research papers coming out on rotational grazing, which corresponded with a savory grazing method and short-duration grazing that really became of interest in the late 70s, early 80s. And, of course, there's a a lag time between the papers coming out. Then in uh, 2008, there was a paper came out that basically said that uh, rotational grazing doesn't work and that agencies should not cost share cross fencing for instance because it's that there are other more important rangeland management things that those funds should go to well kind of in response to that then we had another peak in looking at uh, rotational grazing and it doesn't look to me like you know we still haven't answered the question Uh, and so again i believe stocking rate is the first thing you have to get right and even though we've known that for a long time uh, in fact, I would say stocking rate is, well, historically and particularly on public lands, we overgrazed around the turn of the last century, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Uh, we recognize that. One of the ways we recognize that is there were some huge floods out west that were basically caused because there was nothing on the ground to hold the water. So people realize that. And we started changing, and we made a lot of progress. We've continued to make progress, but I think we've maybe said, okay, if we just have the right kind of grazing system, everything else takes care of itself. And, you know, I don't hold to that. We have to get that stocking rate right. And the the problem with stocking rate is what's right this year is not necessarily right next year. It's being flexible and uh, adapting to varying uh, rainfall conditions year to year. That's really important. 
Why would record keeping be so important in providing information for improved management decisions? And are there any tools out there um, that you would recommend? It's important because it's like anything. Uh, you have to measure if you want to improve it. And so if you're not measuring, documenting, recording uh, the amount of grazing in each pasture, the performance of the animals, uh, the rainfall, uh, all these things, it's you're really not managing. You're just kind of doing what you've always done. And so it is important. And within the last several years, uh, there's always been a lot of software out there to help. But I think right now there's several packages that uh, are out there that are better than what we've had in the past. Uh, there's one called Maya Grazing that I'm familiar with. There's another one. There's at least two really sophisticated programs out there right now that if people will put the effort into using, I think will help them tremendously see where they are with their grazing, if they're starting to get overstocked, you know, so they can start making decisions and stuff. Well, and that kind of goes back to your response to the last question. By keeping those records, it provides the ability to be more flexible and adapt to what's actually going on, too, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. The other thing kind of related to that that has really made me a better manager is the pasture range and forage insurance program. And I say that because as you're in, like, you have to take that out in November. And so in October, I really start looking at long-term forecasts. And then if we have a really good year and I'm going to be paying premiums on that insurance, well, what am I going to do with that extra forage? You know, we see a lot of programs on drought management. Nobody talks about when you have a good year, what do you do with it? And there are several options that you need to consider, I think. So yeah, the flexibility is, is critical. Good. Now, is there anything else that you'd like to add regarding this topic before we get ready to close out? Again, it's just being a good managing and putting everything in perspective, I think, is important. Again, Dr. Walker, thank you so much for joining me today. I do appreciate your time. You're welcome, Margo. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Dr. Walker will speak more on this topic when he gives a presentation entitled Management, the Limiting Factor in Grazing Management, as part of the Nebraska Grazing Conference taking place August 9, 10, and 11 in Kearney, Nebraska. To learn more about the conference or to register, go to grassland.unl.edu. Thank you for listening.